And welcome back to another episode of Relatable Chapters. In this episode, we're joined by Becca Percy. The first time I heard of Becca was on her episode on the High Frequency Club podcast, and I began following her Absolute Health Coaching Instagram page from there. The idea of Absolute Health resonated a lot with me, and so did all her knowledgeable content she produces. It was a cool experience being able to peel back some layers and dig deeper into how her business was created and the five pillars of health. There are so many little nuggets of knowledge throughout this amazing yarn. Becca definitely proves her worth through not only her language, but the passion she has for her clients. Like most of us, it wasn't always smooth sailing. We flow through her turning points, which are beginning of CrossFit coaching straight out of high school, her leaving athlete development and moving to functional adaptive movement, so two different jobs there. Realising that she didn't want to be that girl in semester one at uh, Auckland University, at university anyway, and meeting her current partner. Next turning point was when her absolute health coaching was born and became full-time in 2020. Uh, her business masterclass was the next one when she boosted over to Australia and invested in herself. And her last turning point, which is actually her current period. A key takeaway from this episode has got to be around the language you use personally. I know I'm terrible and always say stuff like I'm shit at English and I just put a ceiling on my capabilities. So keep an ear out for this discussion point. It does appear quite a few times. If you enjoyed this yarn, go check out Becca's Instagram page. It will be tagged in the show notes and the Instagram post. Don't be afraid to reach out if you have any queries and or things you can help you out too. Don't forget to click on the podcast follow button and share this episode with a mate. I hope you benefit from listening to, the, to this episode. So let's get into it. Becca, how's it going? Great. Really Already great. had a workout today, I saw. And a bike ride, yeah. And a bike ride. <laughs> Set your day up very well for a long weekend. It is, and no one's on the roads. It's so quiet. It's Auckland anniversary. I know, everyone's out of town. Time stamping but this, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but this best time to be in Auckland is when everyone's out of Auckland. Yeah, heaps of people are like, oh, you'll get stuck in traffic. And it's just like, even when I leave, everyone will be coming home, so it should be right going back. Should be. Should be, but mm-hmm. fuck, like... I've learned to just, you just sit in it. The control the controllables. Yeah. Which exactly. I suppose, this is the first bit I just want to talk to you before I get stuck into it. Mm. So, if, listen to your podcast with high performance, mm. or high frequency. High frequency, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great yarn. Loved it. That was Ryan who got me onto that. Thank you. Um, never heard these people before either, so yeah. it's a good podcast to get into. Oh, cool. Um, but one of them that they ended up making a reel of, which mm. I really enjoyed, was about playing the cards that you were dealt. Mm-hmm. Which resonated a lot with me, and that's like sitting in traffic. Mm. You can't control it. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about playing the game. Um, which, yeah, I, I just said it. Controlling the controllables. But how come that really resonated with you? Have you been dealt some shit cards in the past? Or have you noticed people just complain about shit, and you're like, what are you complaining about? You can't do anything about it. I think... I've always had that attitude and then, yeah, noticed a lot of people, um, like the nature of coaching group classes is there's always like a bit of like time beforehand Mm. and just the conversations that would start up sometimes. I'm like, who cares? You know, like after what's like, yeah, okay, have your five minutes to kind of like, have a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then get out of your system and move on. So that was like the, 
Um, and the, I really like the cards analogy because it's like, right, this is the hand. Like, what's the most strategic and best way I can play them? Um, and that's the thing is that so many people were just fixating on something that was not worth the energy. Mm. I'm like, you've got so many other better things to focus on. So why waste your time and energy on something that doesn't en- actually Energy is so valuable. So valuable. You've only got finite yeah. amount. Mm-hmm. You're going to run out of it eventually. Mm-hmm. Why waste it on... I interesting to say there's a finite amount because I reckon as you uh, direct your energy towards things that are like that you're genuinely passionate and excited about, I reckon it amplifies. Like as in it, what way? So I reckon if you kind of take part in something that doesn't necessarily match up with you, I think it drains that kind of like limited energy source, that battery. Mm. But I think like doing things that match up with what you're about. I reckon it recharges you so you don't necessarily like run out as quickly. Yeah. That's a very valid point. Because if you think about... Um, Even just hanging out with people, there's some people that drain yeah. you and some people just like make you feel then you go back into your daily life and you're recharged, you're happy, you're ready to go. 100%. So you like leave a interaction or relationship or whatever yeah. and you're kind of like, you feel heavy and drained and you're like, oh, fuck it, like I'm just going to scroll on my phone or whatever, you know, yeah. and you're just kind of like... Oh, if you're unmotivated to do the things you should do. Exactly. Versus when, like, okay, so sure, this morning I was on the bike at 5 a.m. Yikes. But I'm like, man, that was fun. I'm, like, ready to do this. I'm ready to do that. And then I'm going to do this. Like, it kind of yeah. doubles down on what you're excited about and reminds you. I think that's one of my things as well. Win the morning, win the day. 100%. You've done a hard thing in the morning. You're set. 100%. You knew you had this. You've probably got work to do this afternoon, but it's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Because you've already done the shit you... Wanted to do personally, your own personal cups full, and so on. Mm-hmm. I'm so with that. I think there's so many angles to the win the morning as well. Oh. Everyone yeah. finds the thing. It's like, this is why it's so good. And I'm like, go for it. Great. This is why I think it's so good. And that's different. But yeah. we're both like, no one said win the evening. Like, that just doesn't <laughs> yeah, get sense. Nah. <laughs> I think like, the other one that resonates for me with that is people like, so someone I know, a good friend of mine, she's keeps on saying she's lazy. Mm. But... No, she's not. She just relaxes in the evening mm. because she does everything in the morning, goes to work, comes home, and she doesn't have to do anything. I'm you know, she's already s- done yeah. the washing. She's already done the cooking. She's already done the cleaning, everything like that. So then she's not lazy. She's just completed her day. Now she can relax as opposed to jam-packing that evening. And that's with, when people say it like that, I'm always so curious because you're setting yourself up. Like, what do you expect yourself to do? Mm-hmm. Do you expect yourself to run at, like, full speed all day? And do everything maximum potential, or is there some fluctuation? But even saying like that, I'm so lazy. You're almost committing to that identity of being a lazy person. Mm. Which, when you say what her morning was like, that's bullshit. She's not lazy. Like, look how much she achieved mm. earlier in the day. Interesting. Like before, I don't know if the audio grabbed it, but I said, oh, "I'm just shit at English." Okay, well that's confirmed and written in written stone now. <laughs> you know, I'm working on my English, or like my intros yeah. are quirky. I'm building that. You know what I mean? Like it kind of. Yeah, but you're amazing at English in conversation. Yeah, it's different. It's yeah. different angles. So it really makes me, yeah, and it's something that I do end up coaching. is like, okay, so what are the stories and beliefs that you keep telling yourself? The it's, things that you don't even question anymore. You're just putting a ceiling on yourself, eh? Yeah, you're, you're, your ceiling's done. Yeah. There's no potential. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to the very, very start. Mm. What I normally do is uh, anything exciting happen this week? This week. Any small wins? I got a lot of small wins. I got out paddling and had this 
awesome sprint session and didn't fall in the water, which was great because 90% of the time I fall in the water. <laughs> Is this canoeing? Um, yeah, it's like uh, surf skiing. Oh, so yeah, it's like yeah. really narrow, really long and fun. So fun, but nine times out of ten I'm in the water, which is fine in the summer. But <laughs> nice. uh, What are three things you're grateful for today? Today I'm grateful. I'm always so grateful for my body. Like whenever I'm training, I just kind of marvel at like, man, this is awesome. If I can do this until I'm 90, I'm so stoked. Um, I'm grateful for my awareness. Like I like the lens that I look after myself with and I'm – Real grateful for Hamish too. He's just a good bloke. He's a great nice. bloke. <laughs> just going back to the awareness, what are you mm-hmm. aware of? Is this like interaction between people, awareness of yourself, your personal space? It's it's myself for sure. Like I'm very conscious like of those stories that I tell myself. I'm very conscious of the impact that things have on me, the follow-on effect of things. I would kind of say I'm very like top-heavy in mm-hmm. terms of like mind and heart and like sometimes that's a bit of a – that's both my biggest strength but also – the biggest stone in my shoe. Um, but I think... But you've been aware of all that. Yeah. You've been aware that it's a stone in your shoe. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's the Got thing. It. is like sometimes it's so good because I'm like, man, I can kind of analyse and take into account all these amazing things. But at the same time, I'm very conscious of how much I'm very yeah. aware of all these amazing things, right? Um, my three today is mm. uh, went camping Friday, Saturday night mm-hmm. and I'm grateful it didn't rain on us. That's good. Driving home <laughs> yesterday, fuck, it was horrific, so I'm glad it didn't rain on us. Mm-hmm. A little bit of drizzle. Um, I'm grateful for meeting people who resonate with you. Mm. Again, uplifting. There you go. There's yeah. Fucking connection right there. Um, and I'm grateful for your sa- savories. The sweet treats. and savory. Pastry treats. Pastries <laughs> that you got us there. They're actually quite nice. I'm glad. But I can't eat it while talking. I know, it's a bad mistake. <laughs> 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 nah, it's all good. Um. So, yeah, flying through your key turning points mm. as per normal, uh, we'll start off with beginning of CrossFit coaching straight out of high school, mm-hmm. and then we're going to moving to Tauranga, mm-hmm. where you left one job and joined another job, mm-hmm. um, realising you didn't want to be that girl during semester A at university, mm. um, your absolute co- health coaching was born, and then a business masterclass, and your current period of life. Mm-hmm. So, there's a bit to cover, uh, always the tail end seems to fill the most of it but mm-hmm. um yeah we'll start at start at the start with what was your relationship like with fitness throughout your childhood oh my god i my i coached netball all the way through high school and what, what age bracket uh so i always took the year nine one team nine. um and they one year the girls got me a singlet that said fitness freak in bright pink letters. So it was kind of I was always just known for being the fit one. Yeah. <laughs> um like even to the point that I ended up joining a gym when I was fourteen, fifteen. I just wanted to get interested in it. But there was no gyms around that would let me go by myself, except for one. So I kinda of went to that gym. Yeah. I just always was relatively good at it, had fun doing it, was always quite adventurous, like loved orienteering that was fun there's lots of things i loved loved being outdoors and doing things with my body mm-hmm. um so the fuel to this fire wasn't necessarily negative like it wasn't body image or anything it was just you love to adventure you um, love to get outside yeah, yeah yeah and that's where i think like netball ran its course for me like i love netball because in the feeling when you have a really good game mm-hmm. so cool but like club netball after i left school i did kind of try and commit to it and try keep it on 
But I just realized that like no one else was in the same um, race as me. Like everyone was going for the win at all costs, even in social netball. Everyone knows how physical social netball gets. Which, it's like, mate, I just want to throw a ball around. <laughs> um, and that's the thing. I was like, I'm just here to play really good netball. And yeah, it would, there was a mismatch in, in what yeah. everyone else was there for. So you lost your the fun aspect. Yeah, it was out of the amount of time dedicated to it, like two nights of training and a game on the weekend, the ratio of great netball, awesome fun to what the hell is going on was just not high enough for me to like continue to commit to it for mm. a possible chance of it working out. So and I think it, I was in a similar boat, yeah. Mm. You get to a certain point and you're just like, this ain't what it used to be. No. And I'm like, cool, netball was awesome in school so I'm just going to kind of like protect and mm-hmm. move on and like that was wicked but I don't like not love netball anymore I still think it's great it's just not for me like and I think that's why a lot of the activities I take part in now they're only dependent on me like it's all solo sports and not by not that I don't want to hang out with people <laughs> but I don't have to rely on people to be there for me to take part in it were you sense. let down at all sometimes yeah, like always like tagging people along, like, come with me, let's let's yeah. go do this and the other. And then, I don't know, there just wasn't like the eagerness or the like excitement about it that I, I think was that's kind of. similar as well. Like, yeah. you start end up like running, run by yourself. Seriously. No one else wants to do shit like mm. that. Mm. That's interesting. Uh, so, very active, loved outdoors, all that kind of shit. Yeah. Did you know what you wanted to do when you left high school? Yeah. Which was? I. Oh, I knew that it was going to be in the physical body mm. of some sort. Um, I knew that I had the kind of the most interest and I knew that my brain like clicked in that way. It just kind of always made so much sense to me. So I was like, I'm just going to go. And I did the sport and recreation degree, which is very open-ended, mm. which is wicked because you can kind of go and do it and pick your alley from there. Um, so it was wicked that I could go and do that and kind of find my feet as we went. So... I knew that I wanted to do something physical and that's kind of where the mismatch and the turning point with Tauranga shifted big time. But we kind of jumped over the first turning point, yep. but that's all right. No, no, that's, that's fine. Mm. So you go into gyms where you had to be supervised mm. growing up. At what point did you start CrossFit? Um, so a girlfriend tagged me along. It was literally like the last like few months of high school. Mm-hmm. And her like they this family, she was one of my best friends at school, that family had always been like, Becca, you'll love it. Like, this is so your thing. And I was like, I don't have any money. Like, yeah. I don't have any, like, I can't drive and blah, 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 blah. And she tagged me along. And then the owner there, he's like, do you want to run the kids class? And then you can train in the class afterwards. And I was like, yeah, I can coach kids. Because I'd done heaps of coaching up to that point. Yeah. It just wasn't CrossFit. Um, and I didn't take it at all. Like, I would do like one class a week during that first year of um, uh, school, uh, high, uh, not high school, uni. Yeah. But the, like, the shift in me after the last, after school, I joined the CrossFit gym and suddenly it was the first place that allowed me to be me and it was okay. And that was the shift. I was like, I'm being like goofy, quirky, dorky Becca that's also super driven and like wants to push herself and everyone's real relaxed about it. Slash loves it. It's the community. It's so good. Yeah. People just don't look at you like, oh, fuck, you're crazy. Mm, yeah, you just walk in, be you, and everyone's like, okay, sweet. Yeah. Moving on, let's do the workout. So then did you do um, 
coaching? Like, how did you get into Like, were you actually a qualified coach, or was this just coaching of children that you're talking about? Yeah, it was kids' class initially um, for ages. Yeah. And then it wasn't until 2018. So I started, let's say I started seriously in 2017, and then 2018 I got my qual and started to take classes. Um, and, like, quite quickly took a lot of classes. Like, I really picked up my experience, yeah, pretty soon. How um, good's your Olympic lifting? It's tidy. <laughs> 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 so one thing that always pops into my mind is with females doing weights. Mm. I don't think it's around nowadays as much, but recent or like in the past, it always was like, I don't want to get big and jacked. Mm. You're not a big jacked person. You've been doing CrossFit for how many years? Oh, what, 2018? 2017? Six, yeah. Six, seven years. Yeah. What is your opinion on that? People thinking that it's going to get too muscly. I did. Nah, bullshit. Of bullshit. Yeah. Well, like nutrition comes down to how bulky you get. So stop yeah. worrying about the weights and worry about what you're eating. Yeah. Like that's 101 basic. I think the word toned needs to just be redacted from everyone's vocab because it's horseshit. Um, or there's so many definitions to it yeah. that it's like, a okay, so you don't want to get bulky, but you want to get toned. So you don't want to build muscle, but you have to build muscle to get toned, like the yeah. conventional thing of toned. Um, but I, during uni, I did a whole assignment and research thing about why isn't strong sexy, like mm-hmm. about all these girls lifting, about all these, you know, there's USA rugby players that just get ripped to shit in the comments these days about looking like a man. I'm like, look how awesome they are on the field. And that's mm-hmm. always been my driver for like my body is function. I'm like, as long as my body can do what it needs to do, I'm stoked. As soon as there's a roadblock, I'll be sad. Yeah. That's <laughs> no, interesting perspective because those people that make all those comments are the people that office jobs, which don't yeah. need to be that muscly. Yeah. But if you, yeah, functional, and it's functional depending on what you're up to, what you're mm. doing. But back on that tone, does funny, I was talking age way at the beginning, I think it was Georgia Crane about. Mm. You know, people come in, you're going to PT them, mm-hmm. and they go, what do you want to do? And they're like, I want to have a toned body or something. Mm. How do you deal with that? When someone says, I want a toned body, straight away you indicate you don't like the word toned. There's just always more to it. Yeah, so how do you get that out of them? Like, oh, What do you mean by that? It's the same when people say, I want to get strong. Yeah. Okay, what is strong to you? Because yeah. some people Where strong... Where do you define that? Like, yeah, yeah, like some people strong is like lifting as much tin as possible. Mm. Whereas like for the likes of mums... Strong is being able to hold your child whilst picking something off the ground Mm. or like get off the floor while you're holding both your children. (laughs) Those sorts of things are strong. So I'm like, okay, where? because barely like the percentage of coaches that coach people that are being strong for a profession, aka your income is based off how strong you are, the percentage is minuscule. Mm. It is tiny. So it's actually very rare that the amount of weight that you're lifting actually matters. And it's more about how strong do you feel? How strong do you actually function outside of the gym? Mm. Like we're using this training to make you better outside. Um, so when, yeah, so when people tell me their goals, I'm like, okay, so what does that look like? Like what if I nailed my job, we trained together, you smashed it. What are you capable of doing now? It's like where you define your, the success. Because mm. you can't be successful if you don't know where that line is. Yeah. And even like what's the process of it? Like you finish the gym well, you're in the gym and what what experience do you want to have? What experience post-gym do you want to have? What comments do you want people to say to you? That's kind of a bit of a twisted question. But the same with the toned thing. Like I feel toned is wrapped up in a lot of body image um, spaghetti. Like it's just Yeah, a I was bit just saying that like um, social media kind of influences toned. Like, it's huge. Like yeah. a whole lot of just 
bullshit jargon. So much bullshit jargon. And like the one of the most ridiculous things that comes of it is um, targeted muscle building. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, you can work one specific muscle, but that won't mean like the, what is it called? Fupa or whatever, like the lower abdominal area for women. It's such a buzz at the moment. <laughs> I don't know. What you're talking about. It's, it's like this pouch of, yeah. <laughs> of who knows what it is, but there's so much um, or so much content about target your lower abdominals and get rid of all that fat. And it's like, your body doesn't work like that. Like who is telling people that that's what's happens? But unless you've done yeah. a degree or you've done some like legitimate research, how are yeah. you to know, which is sad. So your first key turning point is really where you were able to become yourself, mm-hmm. find your own identity in your own unique quirky way. And it'd be okay. And it'd be okay. Mm, yeah. just the world keeps spinning. <laughs> so like kind of boosting confidence and mm-hmm. in a way just watering your own plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then you're flown into your next turning point. At this point, you had finished studying or were you still no, studying? It was So we did oh, yes, placement before. straight away. Yeah. yeah. So your first placement was with um, athlete development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the part of the turning point was leaving athlete development and moving into functional adaptive movement. Yeah. So could, I suppose, I'll just get a brief overview of what the two jobs are because they're quite so separate. Yet. Polar opposites. So... Athlete development is a branch of AUT Millennium, so a high-performance mm-hmm. sport. New Zealand is based there, right? And it's an on-ramp for young kids, so usually between 12 to 18, to build up their athletic ability to then like progress their sport and their potential of being high-performance. Yeah, so high-performance. I was one of the coaches that was there at 7 o'clock every morning and took them through some training. Um, and then functional adaptive movement is – a strength and conditioning program and group classes and things for any anyone and everyone with a disability. So we had everything and every age and every type of person turned up to these classes. So you've gone from youth on the way to high performance mm-hmm. to all ranges with, I was going to say needs, mm. is that the right word? Yeah, yeah. With, they need like special support and things yeah. like that. So why was this sidestep so fulfilling? And a key turning point of your life. Because when I went to uni, like I scouted out that job, that placement. What, the like development? A or yeah, the, yeah, 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 the AD. I was like, I'm going to work at AD Millennium. When I've done that, I've cracked it. I'm on my way to success. Podium. You see it on the podium, mate. <laughs> Literally. You yeah. see it in media, whatever. That That's the top, the pinnacle is high performance, right? Literally. And so that's the thing is when you say like, oh, did you know what you wanted to do? I was like, yeah, I want to. I'll be at that center and that'll be my home for the rest of my life (laughs) and join that program. And the people, the program, the experience was incredible, but it was a real reality check and shock how misaligned it was with me. Your values. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I don't know, just the like language and the, and I'm not saying it's a bad culture, but it wasn't a culture that I saw myself fitting in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, actually, this isn't, what I thought it was going to be. Hot damn. Um, and so when we went to Tauranga, it was down, We there's a there's a similar facility down there and we went and did like a workshop weekend. And after the weekend was done, um, we're like, oh, let's go out for drinks, have dinner, you know, party, whatever. And I was like, oh, guys, I'm just going to, you know, take a rain check and I'll see you back at the hotel afterwards. So it was just me and everyone else went out and I just had a huge meltdown. I was like, can I get an Uber from Tauranga to Auckland? Like, can I go home, please? Mm-hmm. And it was because it was such a concentrated 
weekend of intensive like workshopping with other coaches and youth development, etc. I think it was just such a slap in the face and realization of how conflicting the environment was with what I'm about. So sorry, can mm-hmm. we, maybe when I was just writing my note, but you went to Tauranga with the athlete development. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't. Sorry, I didn't move to Tauranga. Yeah, so it wasn't. Because at any point, no, is okay. moving to Tauranga <laughs> and changing job, and yeah. I was just like, "Wait, what?" Hold on a second. No, it was it was a it was a workshop we- workshop weekend yeah. in Tauranga. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just remember just fucking boom, everything. being in a backpackers in the mount and just being like, Fuck, "What have I done?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was so invested in the role, and I think I'd got an inkling along the way that it wasn't actually my path or my road. Um, and then that weekend was like the moment I was like. So you talk about awareness, like you're grateful for your awareness. Did you have a lot of awareness back then? Mm. So you kind of saw it coming to some degree and then it, the, the bar just, bars, bar. Yeah, yeah. Bars just cracked and everything un- imploded on exactly. you. Exactly. How do you nowadays deal with that situation reoccurring if it were to happen again? I think... Well, like tips and tricks for people who... Yeah. Have started following down this path that they thought mm-hmm. it was their dream, climbing up a ladder, I suppose, mm. to your goal and realizing it's the wrong ladder. Mm-hmm. There's always the gut feeling. And I think asking, like writing it down is the best, like, initial remedy. Mm-hmm. Just write everything in your mind down and get it out on paper. Because sometimes that itself can kind of lead to a little bit of progression and what, so what you're are experiencing. You Literally any thought that comes into my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I've grab my like journal. This. Just read I've it through. Done this, I've done that. Exactly. Like I'm feeling this. Someone said this. This fucked me off. Da, 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 da. Just whatever shoots across your brain, just get it out of your system because that's sometimes like the overwhelming nature of it. Um, and then I think when people like climb a ladder, then there's the logical side of it. Of I've invested so much time, or this is what I said I would do. Like, what are people going to think if I suddenly step away from this? Like, what an idiot. That's when the logical side of thing takes over and, like, the head-heavy thinking steers you away from your actual path. So I think really blunt questions answer a lot. Like, your gut instinct, what do you want to do? Leave. Okay. That was my initial response. That's that, like, me and my clients, we talk about what's the first voice. Don't listen to the second voice because that's sometimes when it gets too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. What's that first voice saying? Let's dive down that rabbit hole. So... Like in that, I think back then, like in the initial, uh, in Tauranga and things, I was very aware, but I didn't have much depth for it. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, like I've got so much context. Like I just go back to my values and I'm like, right, which one isn't lining up? Oh, that's that one. Sweet. Okay. I know what to kind of, mm-hmm. uh, that gives me a little bit of a sense. Whereas before I was like, I'm just going to get out of here. <laughs> so did you get out of it? Yeah. I I can't remember. I think I just said like, like I don't want to continue the placement. It was a six-month placement. It was only meant for someone, but there's always an opportunity. Like if you do well, like you can move Continue. on. Yeah, and I was like, I'm going to try something new. Thank you so much for everything. And I'm still friends with all the guys mm. there. So it wasn't – Yeah, it's not the people. It's still, no, I'm not going to steer anyone away from there. It just wasn't for me. It's the, yeah, the values, the mm. goals didn't align with yours. Mm, yeah, and then fam came into the picture and that was just the coolest time. That turned into a job, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Such a great job. So how did you stumble across functional adaptive movement? How did I stumble across it? I actually can't recall. I think because Parafed, or, which is now called Disability Sport Auckland, they're also kind of a 
similar. They create other sporting um, opportunities so mm-hmm. in like more conventional sports. But, oh, it was just another placement. And I jumped on placement first and then, yeah, was like, can I please, please, please coach? <laughs> so this, okay, you, you, how do I read it? You didn't actually enjoy that high performance direction. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of take a restock. And then did you go into this, um, sorry, I don't know how to word it, special needs? Yeah, I would say like different ability. Different ability. So mm. Stumbling to a different ability yeah. um, thing. Is this by choice because you noted that that's something that you can make a difference in? Or is this stumbled like the opportunity arose and I'll take that not knowing fully what was, it was what it entailed? Again, that gut feeling. I didn't know why it was interesting. I didn't know if it was going to be a long-term thing. I just kind of like saw fan pop, pop up on like the possible, like AUT kind of collects yeah. a lot of, you know, potential things and it just kind of pulled me and I was like, I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to go with the Just, yeah, go with it. Go with the flow and loved it. I suppose that stems into a bit later on. But mm. then if we move to your next turning point of realising you didn't want to be that girl, in quotation marks, mm. during semester one at university. Mm-hmm. So it was semester one when you were at athlete development. Yeah, so it was a real, like... So this first year, semester one. Yeah. There was a lot happening in a short period of time. Yeah, so these three key turning points are real tight. Because mm-hmm. you just left school straight into university. Mm-hmm. You found yourself at CrossFit, mm-hmm. but then you're not wanting to be that girl. Mm-hmm. What is that girl? I think... So at like school, I felt like I had a lot of constraints, mm-hmm. and then at uni and at CrossFit, like there was kind of no constraints. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's um, I don't know if audio is going to play out. Um, so yeah, there was suddenly no constraints about you know what you could do, where you could go, like who you could be. It was kind of like free for all, and I don't think I'd experienced that kind of freedom at any point. So I went like full extreme freedom mode. And when I say that girl, I was the girl that drank a lot, was out every single night pretty much, or like whenever everyone else was going out. Like I wouldn't miss out on a party. I wouldn't miss out on an outing. Um, And then, you know, slept with a lot of guys and had a lot of fun. But then it was when I began to realize that people I knew before, I kind of, I didn't feel targeted but I definitely felt that they knew it was an option. And I was like, this isn't okay. Like the freedom thing is my choice, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like if I want to be that person, cool as, but I don't want to feel like you're tracking me down or not tracking me down, you know, um, looking for the opportunity. So just honestly, just stop me if you don't want to go. No, 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 this is cool. But so you kind of felt as though everyone knew you were an easy target if they wanted to sleep with. Mm-hmm. Go find Becca mm-hmm. on the purse. Yeah. Even to the point, like, I, f- I was so mad. There was one guy I slept with, and I found out that he had slept with another Becca, two pre- like, sorry, one Becca one night, another Becca the other night, and then me. And I was fucking livid. So furious. Just because, just feeling so used. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, what, what was that? That's you. As, and because it was like, just like a yeah, and I'm like, if I want to have fun and be a teenager and you know muck around, or like no, like twenty by then, but whatever, um, no teenager, and yeah, if I want to be an idiot, like 
I want it on my terms, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I want to blame myself for the stupid actions. But then feeling, again, like a little bit targeted, a little bit walked over, I was like, hang on a second, this is suddenly not my choice anymore. I suddenly can't blame myself and take responsibility for this. Um, and, yeah, there was kind of a few moments that I was like, nah, I'm putting my foot down, this is not okay. So, yeah. It's Did you have of- any dodgy moments throughout yeah. that period? Yeah. yeah, yeah, there was, there was one we – and I very rarely like went to the guy's house because I think that was just danger zone waiting to happen. Like we lived in the student village, which is a very safe space, mm. you know. Um, but my poor flatmates. Um, but we went, me and another girl, like, and two other guys. You know, nothing separate rooms and everything. But just as we were kind of like hooking up or whatever, I was like, nope, sorry, nah. He was furious and I was like, fuck, have I done something stupid? Like, is mm-hmm. this going to get me in trouble? Um, so I slept in, like out on the deck pretty much. And then like at five o'clock in the morning, got the other friend. And I was like, fuck, we're out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was kind of like that moment. I was like, this could have turned bad quick. Or I could have like gone through with it all and hated myself afterwards. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of those moments that you look at yourself and you're like, what? Like it just kind of like was a habit that yeah. waiting to happen. So... I suppose like one of my key things is like character building. Mm. Right? It's not saying you regret. You look at it like shit. That wasn't really good, mm. but you don't regret it because it's kind of made you to who you are today, right? Mm. So it's I wouldn't say it's a rite of passage, but it's it's just that learning to better equip you for future down the track. Yeah. Which in this phase you met Hamish. Mm. So is that? Like, all these red flags just popped up, you put your foot down. Mm-hmm. And then at what point did it flick around? And, yeah, so I actually knew Hamish when I first started CrossFit. So end of twenty seven, uh, end of 2016, beginning of 2017, he was there training as well. He was a coach way before I was. Um, and, yeah, then I did my, like, reckless, crazy... <laughs> I always think that it was so much longer than it was, but it was literally only, like... Six or seven months. Um, But yeah, did my kind of reckless time at uni. And all the way through that, we were really good friends. Like, we'd train together and, you know, just have fun as friends, which was great. Um, And then I began to realise, like, as you say, I'm not, like, mournful about that period of time. Mm. I don't hate myself for doing that. I'm just glad when I started to see the red flags that I was like, okay, change change direction. This is not for me. and I'm so glad that I kind of noticed that awareness and built on that and actually took action on that. And so Hamish kind of, like, we started, like, being official, like, the January the following year. So there was a good six months that I kind of just didn't really see any guys or anything like that and loved it because we were able to build, like, such a good friendship that was, you know, supporting each other and, in like, each other's aspects of life um and again like just being able to be yourself 100 percent, and it was so chill so the mental and emotional connection before the physical connection 100 percent. yeah yeah no doubt so you talk about making action mm. in six months so what needed to change for you during in that transition from like that girl yeah. time i just didn't go out as much like i took myself out of the environment mm-hmm. you know because as soon as like the alcohol starts flowing like, ah, fuck it, let's yeah. just go. Right? <laughs> yeah, let's fucking go. Kind yeah, of thing. you know, because, yeah. like, that environment, um, co- like, encourages that behavior, yeah. right? 
And because I'd like done it so much beforehand, you know, natural. So I drank a lot less, went out a lot less, even hung out with different people. Um, and just prioritized, like I worked a lot more and studied a lot better. And again, just started to put first the things that I was actually having fun with. Like there's a point where you just get sick of buying person doing the same same thing over and over again. Yeah. So you're friend zoned. Well, he claims that I friend zone him, but I'm like, what? (laughs) But it's so funny because, like, as you said, we were both at the CrossFit gym, and like we began to tell people, like, oh yeah, we're like kind of a thing now, and everyone's like, yeah, we saw it coming a mile away, and we're like, what? No way. So it's kind of um, like even my even my family, like my stepdad and my mum. There was he was down south with his, with his family, and he left me his car. He's like, oh, because I didn't have a car, so he's like, oh, I just use the car while I'm away. Yeah. And my stepdad was like, no guy gives his car away to yeah. any girl. <laughs> I was like, no way. <laughs> so yeah, so we like yeah, so it's now six years, which is pretty mental. But um, yeah, it's so true. Like this, okay, so the podcast listen to the two mm. two young guys. They always talk about guys and girls can't be best friends. Yeah. And one of them always fires up because they do like a dilemmas thing and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, someone slept with the best friend and, blah, 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 blah. and the guy's like, you cannot be best friends <laughs> with the opposite sex. Which is interesting because I've got a few female friends mm. that I trust a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's always like, they're like my sisters to me. Yeah. But then they also have partners, which mm-hmm. makes a difference. Mm-hmm. But yeah, can do you think a male and a female can be friends? I think I 100% think they can. You're right. It makes it easy when they've got another half because your brain just kind of... Shuts off that opportunity. Well, if you're a good person. Yeah, your brain yeah. just shuts yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that like attractions thing, like the development of... I always say like, oh, when me and Hamish started dating. We didn't date. We were just like, sweet. <laughs> like, mm. now we're together. Um, because we already knew each other, so one. But when like what you want for yourselves, when your values align when you enjoy spending time the same way, when you make each other laugh, like those sorts of things, I think it's quite natural to lead into it. So I don't know if it's something that So then this is where my part comes into it. Yeah. Is there needs to be boundaries. I think it's something that needs to be talked about, for sure. So like, lending your car. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's a flag. That's a flag. He you wants decide to, what colour it know, is. Yeah, like, come on, man. Um, there's certain attributes I suppose, things that friends do and then mm. to a certain extent it's like whoa it's a bit different mm. maybe if you've been a friend for like five years or something you come yeah. back from overseas you're like oh you fuck borrow my car like it's all good yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. just need it but yeah you gotta watch out for those little I don't know how things. I didn't see it That's it's ridiculous. so funny <laughs> so funny I was like I oh, see just so nice it's fine <laughs> so you talk about like the connection that you have with them and like mm. uh, what you actually wrote down enhances all your best qualities yeah um what do you think the key to success is in a good relationship? It sounds so cheesy, but... All for it. Like, communication, but I hate that word being said solo. Communication in every sense. Like, your body language, how you talk to each other, what you talk about. Yeah. Like, just constant... Like, I find when people have big blow-up fights, it's an accumulation of... Not communicating. Like, a hundred things not being said. Yeah. So, is that... Could you give me an example of that happening with you where you didn't have communication and then it happened and you're like, what the fuck, we just didn't communicate and then now you communicate better? Um, Because at that stage, you're still pretty young. 
Yeah, we did it from the get go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was like, I kind of like had seen it happen before, and I, I think it was less about like communication is important to me. I think it was more a fact of putting myself first is important mm. to me, and you've said something or I've done something or whatever that doesn't line up with me, and I just want to put it first and foremost because it gets to me mm-hmm. real easily, and I get really like I overthink and overwork myself, and I'm just like, Da-da-da-da-da. so that's kind of my passage to outlet things so with the communication as well do you communicate your needs Mm. as in i'm going into this phase of my life where i want to do more personal development for example Mm -hmm. i want you to be able to question me more on my actions Mm -hmm. as opposed to just going yeah like i'm gonna do x yeah okay be more so like i'm gonna do x okay like why why do you think that's gonna prove like do you challenge hamish to be a better person to be a better partner like in terms of fulfilling your own needs as opposed to just communicating when shit goes bad or when you're mad or no, when you're angry. Yeah, I know. I know. It's kind of an interesting dynamic because so he's starting a business and has been developing a business for the last three and a half years. And I've obviously got my own business. And so sometimes I'm very interested in like the roles dynamic. Um, we see it a lot when we're in the gym. Like mm-hmm. we had to draw that line really early when one of us is coaching, the other one's training, and the coach coaches the athlete but because it's my boyfriend and my girlfriend not coach athlete relationship suddenly it got personal and we just drew that line because it was like okay we don't coach each other unless Mm -hmm. we kind of ask for it Mm -hmm. um so i think there's places of and and as i said i think it just needs to be said so transparently hey i'm struggling with this thing i just need to vent Mm-hmm. Like, don't problem solve. There's no need. I just need a hug, please. <laughs> Guys, or, problem solving. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. But like, that's the thing is like, hey, I don't, or hey, I'm struggling with this client. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, Just putting it on the table rather than kind of having these expectations, them not meeting them, and then you getting furious with them for the reason you mm-hmm. didn't tell them about. Like, But as well, you're going to develop through the rest of your life. Mm-hmm your needs are going to continually change. And it's just something that's pops in my head. If if you want to be with somebody, if they want to be remain, blah, 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 then mm-hmm. you got to voice your needs as well. Exactly. And that's a lot, like a lot of the times where it's been like, okay, I need to talk to Hamish about this. Because we're not telepathic. No, exactly. And, and like, shit, I was 19 when we started going out or dating, whatever it is. And, and so like, I've grown since then. Mm-hmm. Thank God. But I've grown since then. And, you know, like if you don't talk to each other well and in a healthy manner, you're going to change in different directions. Yeah, leave, leave each other behind. Exactly. Or you're going to change in different directions and you're not going to know that you're in different directions until it gets toxic like, and horrible yeah. and vicious and there's, you know, dogs and kids involved. <laughs> so it's kind of like whenever I've brought anything up and he's the same, it's, hey, this happened. It made me feel like this. It conflicted my interest in dot, dot, dot. Like, how can we make this better and, and build it from there? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the healthiest version of a difficult conversation because I think it's when you did this, you need to change. Blah, blah, blah. That's when it's just a bit rough on the other person. <laughs> For you, has it been, like, really, really good that you kind of think this is only what you read about? And you kind of have to pinch yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does that scare you? Um, or do you just own it and be like, fuck, this is awesome? 
This is just how... This is like my standard. Like you feel like you've just met the one and you're like, oh shit, this is what it's like. It's so cool. It's yeah. really cool. Like I, I, the pinch myself moments is when we're with each other's families. Yeah. Like I love seeing him and my stepdad sit at the end of the table and just crack jokes at each yeah. other. And like me and my mum, and they're just having the time of their lives. And I'm like, that just warms my soul so much. And same with like... We've had like both of his brothers are married now, and we had so we had two big weddings over the last couple of years. I had the best time, and I barely saw him the entire night because I was yeah. just having fun with his aunties. <laughs> like, and it's and it's those moments like when we're driving home after that. I'm like, man, they're so cool. They're so cool, and we have so much fun. And I think that's a huge red flag, is when if you are part of your family, and if your family is a good space for you, and they know you well, if your family. Don't click with your other half. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like there's something to question there. I think that's a bit of a sign. Not that things are bad, but I'm like, okay, so what is it that's not matching? Mm-hmm. So I'm just the, those are the moments that I'm like, this is pretty cool. That I love hanging out with his parents and things. <laughs> it's just good to hear that, like that it does exist. Yeah, <laughs> like, you hear a lot these days about situationships and fuck buddies and yeah. toxic relationships or. Oh, when they're on the piss, they're always arguing. And yeah, I'm like, you hear someone so happy. Like, I can see it when you're talking about it, like how you glow, kind of thing. Like mm. again, um, when you resonate with somebody, and it gives you energy as opposed to sapping energy. And that's what I mean. I re- get really riled up. Not riled up. I get. I notice when you introduce it. Oh, this is my other half, and that metaphor doesn't click with me because I just think that a relationship is two complete people. Two holes. Seriously. Not, like Not two halves. Exactly. This is my other hole, which just sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's definitely like two holes. And again, like his qualities and values enhance mine and vice versa. Like we've always been, there was one time he finished at the gym in an evening class and they were going out for dinner and drinks afterwards. And he called me and he's like, hey, Bex, do you want to come out for drinks and dinner? Blah, blah, blah. We're going out. And one of the guys noticed him phoning me he's like oh do you have to get permission and he's like no she'll want to come with me like she, yeah. she wants to come hang out too and we've just always been really good at enabling the other one to do whatever you want to do mm-hmm. it's like okay i'm gonna pursue this okay sweet what are we like what needs to happen in here yeah like how can i help exactly so not, oh what am i gonna do then mm. and like he plays golf which fucking takes forever but yeah. i'm not gonna be sitting on the other side being like oh my god i can't believe he's not here like yeah. yes there's no kids involved so there's not much to come back for except yeah. for hanging out um but i'm like sweet you want to play golf go for gold i want to go run in a bush for hours so yeah. sweet i'll see you later <laughs> So one more point on this, because I, mm. I, you're talking about not being that girl, but mm. the meeting of the Hamish part, I think, is the key turning point yeah. in that part. Yeah. So have you traveled with each other? Yeah. That's that entire picture up there. You guys can't see, but that's okay. Like, that's America for three weeks, which was yeah. so cool. So we were official for six months, and then he did a five-month exchange to yeah. America. Um, and, <laughs> and then I went over at the end for three weeks and we did America. Yeah. We've done heaps of little stuff together, but that was kind of our most significant trip. Yeah, yeah. So I've heard that like traveling really builds relationship. Yeah. Because you're tested, your true colors come out. There's no fallback. There's no routine to go into. Mm. There's no, I need to go to work. Sorry, we'll do right. this later. There's no weekly shop, <laughs> whatever. Life has there been me. moments um, that has tested your relationship throughout or six years, whatever, mm. that you really can define as a defining moment 
this guy's the guy. Right. And how did you get through it? The traveling was fine. We had such a good time. So that was kind of a bit of a booster. Um, yeah, so it can work the other way out. Yeah, that was the best shit, thing for us. Because shit appears and then you're like, how do we deal with this? Not, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> no, and yeah. then all of a sudden you, you're it propelled forward even further and further yeah. and further. Yeah, I think we're lucky because like, we were raised on very similar morals. So yeah. we see eye to eye on pretty much most things. Um, so there's not much conflict there, which is good. I think, I mean, it's, yeah. Moment. <laughs> Moving house is always a tough one. That always tests the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Um, but is that because one person's organized and one person's not organized? I'm I'm a bit of a dilly-dallier. Like, I faff. I'm like, yep. oh, I just got to do this. And, the yep. other. I just got, and he's like, get the job done. Yep, 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 <laughs> so, yep. But that's the thing. is like, that's when we haven't seen eye to eye. I'm like, oh, but if we get this done, it will make it easier further down the line. And he's like, just get it done. So yep. I think there's that... And it's the same like camping when we're putting up a tent. I'm like, there's a right way to do it. He's like, just put it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I think divining moments for us being better at us, the businesses is a huge thing. Is definitely conversation. So we both have this kind of vision, this crazy vision of, you know, millions. Mm-hmm. Being able to, you know, treat our parents to trips around the world. Mm-hmm. Like um, having home like a home here and a home in california a home at the batch blah, blah blah blah, like crazy dreams but i love it but it's the conversations of like right so what's the a to b you know what is the process of getting there and that's where me and him like that's been defining moments for us mm-hmm. it's like we totally agree on what the end point is and i love the vision that we have of how we want to live how we want our family to function what we want like our grandparent years to look like, all of that kind of really future stuff. Um, but the intermediate years of how we're going to get there, I think those have been the most pivotal moments that it's like we actually were so far apart in how that looked and those conversations brought us so much closer. So it's communication again, <laughs> I told you. Hang on. <laughs> so we're talking about this dream, this big, hairy, audacious dream mm-hmm. way down in the future. Yeah. But we come back to your next senior point of absolute being born. Yeah. So this is your little baby. Mm-hmm. This is what you're talking about. You're growing this. Mm-hmm. What is this? What is it? So absolute health coaching. It's definitely been born from the fact that I was frustrated with how like the common pathway for like work life and things and also the common trends in the health space and the convers like the tone of conversations there's just a lot of conflicts and I was like there's not a there wasn't a space that I could find or that was kind of yeah present for me that could address all of that all in one thing so I was like fuck it I'm gonna do it myself so were you searching for something yourself or were you just wanting to provide the whole package because you think people needed that Yeah, I think, you know, when you start a business, everyone's like, niche down, niche down, niche down. Be specific. Who do you want to talk to? Blah, blah, blah. And in the health space, everyone gets so specific on sleep, on breathing, on food, Mm -hmm. whatever, on the gym. But no one's actually talking about the entire picture. So just by me talking about all five aspects of health Mm -hmm. is actually a niche. Like, that's a specific conversation. Yes, it's shallow in each topic, but each topic is including each other. Mm -hmm. 
so I was like PTing in the gym. So we came out of COVID and people started asking me questions. And then I was like, oh, there's a bit of an opportunity, like the fact that people are coming to me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start to charge. So I was in the gym taking sessions um, and all these conversations were coming up. Or we'd be doing these sessions and people are like having a V every day or not sleeping well or having horrible relationships that they just felt so suffocated in. And I'm like, my gym session is not going to fix that. (laughs) And I feel connected to your outcome. So if we're doing these gym sessions and it falls to pieces and you don't succeed, I'm going to take that blame, which makes me sad. So I was like, I'm going to make this a much more formal place Mm -hmm. and force you to look at all aspects of you. So your next turning point is business masterclass. Yeah. Is there a a difference between the before and after of – your absolute health coaching? Mm, of the... That's what it's called, our absolute health coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know there's something on your it's wall. It's over here. Yeah, there's going to see it. Yeah, is there a difference between... Before and after yeah, the, 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 the masterclass? Yeah. There's a difference in self, for sure. And I think, like, Becca pre-masterclass and Becca post, like, the business chugged along. Yes, things kind of, like, catalyzed growth in the business, mm. um, but just the way I functioned Changed. night okay. and day. Yeah. yeah. So you just mentioned about five aspects. You hit the five aspects. Yeah. Is that just an arbitrary number or are there five aspects there's, of health? There's five aspects that I bring into the picture. So this is your branches of health. So it's movement, food, connections, lifestyle, and basics. What's basics? Basics of being a human. Go outside, breathe, drink water, go to sleep. So and sorry. for women, look after your menstrual cycle. <laughs> movement? So movement's one branch. Yeah. Food. Food, yeah. Connections. So the people, the connection with yourself even. Lifestyle, which is like how you function day to day, month to month, year to year. Yeah. And And then your basics, which is, yeah, yeah, like if you kind of just sit and do absolutely nothing, what's the basics of staying alive? (laughs) Well. Yeah, right. But then doesn't that fit into food? Yeah. Like the basics. Basics is. I think the basics. Yeah. Uh. So the basics, basics is, is all of them, isn't it? Kind of. The basics were kind of the leftover habits that are so fundamental that they kind of sit within each other. Because um, if you kind of like branch off movement, it's like, okay, so your tendons, your joints, your cardiovascular, your, you know, kind of mm-hmm. spreads in there. Same with your food. Okay, how much are you eating? What are you eating? What micronutrients? How's your gut going? Et cetera. Um, preparation as well, lifestyle, okay, what's your routine, what's your goals, what's your this, that, and the other, um, and then connections, it's like, okay, who are you talking to, what are they bringing out in you, what are you bringing out in yourself, etc. and then basics is, okay, well, your sleep and your hydration and your going outside oh, and things like that. Yeah. So there is so much to health, as like kind of alluded yeah. to. so you're taking the whole holistic approach. Mm, whole holistic approach, because on if somebody comes to me, mentally and mindset well and they know themselves and things aren't working one of their branches is a disaster Mm -hmm. so it's like right so we just need to reinforce this one make sure that the other ones aren't affecting each other um and then build from there but there's so so often like predominant amount of my coaching is not coaching the branches like i have a seven session program and it's only the last two sessions that we really talk about what are you doing the the bigger picture is how are you doing it? Mm-hmm. So what are your values? What's your identity? What are your beliefs? What's your purpose? What do you want for yourself? Okay, there's many avenues I want to just I know, touch. it's so much. <laughs> okay, but 
<laughs> seven sessions. Mm-hmm. Start there. What is the seven sessions like? How do you? It's so big, don't worry. It's taken me three years to develop, so it's okay. (laughs) Yes, yeah, yeah. So it's a three-month program, and I give you – also, we have one session every two weeks. Yeah, right. Because I feel like that's a real sweet spot in time. One week's not enough for you to actually, like, give things a go in trial and error, Um, and a month is too long because by the time it's a month away, you're like, what do we do? (laughs) So two weeks is a sweet spot. Um, And – I only kind of accept you and not accept you into it, but I offer that program and that seven session. If I think you don't understand who you are, Mm -hmm. if I think that you don't have opportunity to figure out what you want for yourself and how you're willing to get there. And if you don't actually think you deserve to get there, if you do think you deserve to get there, get there, you know who you are and you know what you want. Then I just coach the branch branches, which is what are you doing? What are your day to day habits? But if you don't actually know what you're about, what you're interested in, all those kind of things, um, then that's when I'm like, we're going everything. Yeah. Because that's the thing that matters. Like, so that's your building the foundation, the base of the pyramid before you go up. Yeah, exactly. So if someone already knows what they're doing or who they are, what their mm-hmm. values are, their mm-hmm. goals and stuff, they've already got the base. Yeah, they're, they're good. Yeah. yeah. So it's just that, education. So then above that, it's just, yeah, you're just normal coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So have you had like challenging clients – that's just like excuse galore kind of thing. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? I'm quite good at filtering out either like having a really blunt conversation with them or I'll just, you know, not coach them. Yeah, so how do you decide to not coach them? Just in the first session. I know really quickly. I've got a really good yeah, okay. energy read. Um, and just by the language, like I'm very aware about the language that people use and I can kind of see and hear and feel the red flags of like, no, you're not going to, mm-hmm. you're not going to take this. So like key things for me is focus, responsibility and experimentation or like opportunity or um, potential and things. So if I don't think that you wanted enough to be focused or you're not willing to try, like you're too terrified mm-hmm. by fear um, or you're not taking responsibility for it, like the cards thing. If you're too busy looking at everyone else's cards and not actually dealing with your own hand, I'll either say it to you straight up of like, hey, if this is going to work, if you're actually going to make any movement forward, not just with me, but as a whole, this needs to change. Hmm. And if there's, if either in that blunt conversation they're not open to it or I just don't see any light about their situation, I'm very satisfied with saying, look, I don't think this is a space or – here, I think you should talk to this person. Because that saps your energy. It's And that was the change at in Aussie. Oh, the masterclass. The, yeah, yeah. That was a huge thing, is I realized how much I put myself on the line. Mm-hmm. So I just had a quick scroll yesterday, mm. didn't dig too deep, but you do a lot of content. As we just touched on mm. before the podcast, you have to do your own marketing, which yeah. is content creation. Oh. Do you cringe at your past content? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, but it all serves a purpose. Like, okay. Oh, 100%. Well, like, uh, all right. So, yes. Some of my videos, I'm like, oh, Jesus, post. Don't look at it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, or post and watch it 1,700 times just to check that I'm still okay with it. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, what's worse? Me getting no growth, like not even the potential option of growth, or maybe this video will work. Or I'll learn something from that video. So the whole thing is like you miss every shot you don't take. Exactly. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll just post it and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there's definitely been videos 
there i put i do put a lot of thought into them um none none of them feel wrong to post like every every post i put up i'm like yeah there's value in that mm-hmm. like that's my big thing is like i just want to make somebody see a little bit clearer above the fog of the health and fitness industry um and but some of them like i put a lot of thought into what i'm going to say and mm-hmm what's the impact I want to make. But there was one video that like was by far my best performer and I'm literally standing there with a plant waving, like pretending. It's, I think the caption is like, when you stick to a program for longer than 12 seconds and it's like a cheering yeah. thing. It's oh, so pathetic. I'll send it to you later. <laughs> but it's, I'm like, it's definitely interesting. It take me five seconds to film and like yeah. 12 seconds to post. But then, yeah, it's that content, like yeah. short, fast, quick exactly. clicks. Funny. Not like, Fucking podcast stuff, all my stuff is like a minute, minute and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not on TikTok to watch a minute video. Mm-hmm. It's a bit but different. This is something I've realized recently is like the beginning of my business model starts with value. But, and I have been so focused on like what are getting people engaged. And I actually, and this is a very recent kind of brain uh, train of thought, is I think a lot of marketing is manipulation. Yep. And I hate it. Yeah. So like my algorithm when I'm on my business account yeah. is a lot of here's how to grow 100K followers in 10 days. Here's how to do this. If you're not earning this, da, 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 da. And I'm like, and I feel so bad about myself because I'm like, I've only got this many followers and I'm only earning this much money yeah. and blah, blah, blah. So I'm, And so like all of those accounts that are like business or account growth um, content – are literally just guilt shaming me into looking into their content. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of a little bit reluctant to try and echo or like copy and paste that style. I would much rather talk about health and it grab the right people. Like I used to get so um, sad when I like really beat myself up when I'd lose followers because I know what that number is every single day. It's just so addictive. Um, Shit. It was just like so much personal nature tied into your own business yeah, okay. and like the number is a really raw metric of that now i'm so stoked when someone unfollows me i'm like one less person that doesn't give a shit yeah yes <laughs> and then when people like like and interact and message me and whatever or i catch up with a friend like becky your content's awesome i'm like great you're the person i want on my page awesome there's um i was on jay shitty's podcast with oh, yeah. tom holland mm-hmm. and he there's a good reel of it as well. He talks about they're talking about feedback, and it's um, if you got something bad to say, text me. Yeah. If you don't have my number, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like those those friends, those family members. They're the mm. they're the ones that you care about the most. It's like when I talk to those people about the podcast, that's when I'm most nervous and shy. Like I don't want to talk about it because <laughs> I know their opinion that like matters to me. Yeah. It's those the people that you just don't really give a shit. I'd I would much rather talk in front a room of 2,000 people I have no idea who they are versus a group of 10 people who I love to pieces. Yeah. Like most people's comments kind of water off a duck's back. Hamish makes a criticism. Oh, my God, I'm in pieces because he's the person that matters the most to me, right? Um, Yeah. yeah, So it's kind of that content. There's just such a emotional aspect to it. Mm -hmm. But it's the algorithm of it that kind of those platforms as well because like you say – now you, all you get is business stuff. Mm-hmm. So for me, I get like motivational videos or running videos and yeah. bits and pieces. And that's all I get. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, if you're in that aspect or if that's your algorithm, that's where you're going to pop up. Mm. But sometimes 
So the people you want to target are the people that don't look at health stuff <laughs> pretty much, eh? I think – no, I think the people that click with me the most are the ones that know the things but don't know how to do the things. Does that make sense? No, not quite. I know I should go to the gym every day but I just can't. I yeah. know I should journal and like process my emotions but I just can't. Like they've tried it like a run streak for like four days straight yeah. and then it just crashes and burns. Where does journaling come into the five branches? That comes into connection to self. But I would actually... Oh, so connections is not only is others, you, it's yeah. connection with yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think like your relationship, the health of your relationships is really dependent on the relationship with yourself. Mm. Like if you're there super self-conscious, super anxious about, you know, what they're going to think, you're not going to build a good relationship with anyone. Mm-hmm. That's what... So the fam coaching, the disability-based coaching... That was the best thing that that taught me because you're like every day I'd have four or five classes of predominantly cognitive disabilities, so autism, Down syndrome, et cetera, and they were the coolest characters and you knew exactly where you stood with them and they were 100% themselves Mm -hmm. and you had the best time and they loved you to pieces and I loved them to pieces because they were 100% them and I could be 100% me. Yeah. Best buds. (laughs) Yeah, it's wicked actually. It's so cool. So another point, I was looking at one of your videos mm. and I realised they're right there. Oh yeah. That's all the complicated, if you want to figure out what all my coaching is, that one at the front is like nuts and bolts. So you can write backwards? No. <laughs> you just flip the screen. So I filmed it. Yeah. It was facing me. But the raw footage, it was written backwards and I just flipped the screen. Fuck this kind of <laughs> So I was looking at it. It was so impressive. I'm like, okay, is this on a mirror? I'm like, there's no camera. You're you're writing on a clear plastic sheet. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then you the way you're writing, I'm like, fuck, you can write backwards. <laughs> I wish. That'd be so cool. It's such a cunning <laughs> idea. Yeah. I I'm still playing with that idea. I want it to look it does look cool. I feel yeah. like it's gonna look better. But again, I if I didn't post that video, I wouldn't know what I like the next step to make it look better. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't yeah. write backwards. I know, so like all your pens and stuff as well. I'm like, ah, yeah. But that's kind of a niche thing. I haven't really seen that. I want to, yeah, I want to play with it more. I think it's cool because something that I know is a strength of mine is analogies and mm. making like complicated concepts simple. Yeah. Like the queen of layman's terms. Um, but then also like visuals. Yeah, exactly. Not just talking. And if you, like when I'm coaching, like I'll sit over there, clients usually on the couch or the other beanbag and I've got my laptop taking notes and I've also got a notepad just in mm. case. A, like sometimes my brain like needs to expel something and I'm like, get it out of the way. Or there's a teaching moment where it's like, right, look at this. And it just gives me a really awesome platform to, to coach them in that way. Um, so yeah, my notebook is just random drawings yeah. with squeals. So I've found your videos very knowledgeable. Thank you. They're very good. Um, but I suppose, where does that sense of entitlement, it's not entitlement, but where does that, you're 25 years old, mm. what makes you feel that you can share this knowledge? I think because I can see the difference. If mm. I had no grounds to it, if I was just like finding something on YouTube and regurgitating it, I don't think I'd act the way I did, but I'm so convinced by what I coach. Mm-hmm. Because quite often it's like lived experience. Yeah, yeah. But you, what I'm getting at is you're young. Yeah. <laughs> like what gives you the right to be able to tell people how to live? 
what gives me the or is that worded incorrectly? No, you no, can no. reword that to <laughs> I'm providing a service based off what I know. No, I just think um, like coaching is a very sacred term to me mm-hmm. only because it's not instructing. I'm not saying this is how I live and it's the perfect way and you should do the same. I'm giving them like my 90% of my coaching sessions are me asking questions and them ironing out the details for themselves. And I'm, as I said, I'm just very good at hearing what they're saying and perhaps either making it simpler for them or being like, what do you mean by that? And they don't know what they mean mm-hmm. until I ask them and they figure it out. So it's more about creating an opportunity for them to move forward in themselves rather than be like, go this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, like guide to the side is a great way to do it, is, is a great way to kind of phrase it. So I think the sessions and the coaching is more space for them to figure out themselves rather than a space for me to tell them what to do, which I think where a lot like the coach term gets overused mm. and it makes me sad because I'm like, no, coaching's so different. <laughs> where does absolute health coaching come from? Absol- it was literally like a Google search rabbit hole, but like I was on, I think the thesaurus app or thesaurus.com mm-hmm. or whatever and whatever chain of searches and landed like clipped clicked absolute and there was a bunch of synonyms but the primary definition was without limit and my biggest value is freedom so absolute is without limit Mm, yeah so it's like something relative has a constraint it's like it's relative to you it's relative to what have you absolute is like a infinite possibility like there's no ceiling Mm. Um, so like if you think of like weightlifting, like your absolute lifts, like the potential is endless because you can always add another kilo, mm-hmm. right? Um, same with absolute health coaching. It's like whatever extra percent you want to add to whatever part of your life, like I want to endorse and encourage and support you to be able to do that, mm-hmm. which is just why like I say, look, movement, like if I'm coaching movement, I like going to the gym. I think it's fun lifting up heavy things. You don't have to. Like the Mm. amount of people, like I have somebody and they just rock climb all day. Like that's their movement. And they used to think, I have to go to the gym to get strong. Have you seen rock climb? how strong rock climbers are? (laughs) (laughs) They're fucking finger grips. Oh, shit. So strong. So that's the thing is like I was able to see this like suffocation about I have to go to the gym. I have to go to the gym to be fit. No, I enjoy the gym. What do you enjoy? I enjoy Mm. rock climbing. Okay, great. What can we do? to create this opportunity and possibility and freedom to do rock climbing every day. And and that's essentially like the core of the conversations. Mm-hmm. What's holding you back? Okay, so another one then. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your game plan for growth? Because your own personal self is a limited resource. Yep. How do you hit those goals that you and Hamish are dreaming about? I mean, his business comes into the picture a lot. Um, so he's developed an app. Far out. His work ethic's crazy. He had an idea, didn't have an extra 300k spare to hire a software developer in COVID, did a 32-week course in six weeks, and has since then coded and designed his own app. Mm -hmm. So his app has the potential to scale beyond belief. Mm -hmm. But for me, like the way that my, like I said before the podcast, is like financial-wise, I just want to keep, like chugging, mm-hmm. like as long as I can, freedom again, do what I want to do when I want to do it. 
Sounds very toddler of me, but but essentially that. Oh, I rate it. That's me and my work. Seriously, as, as so so as long as my financial position allows me to do that, I'm very happy. Mm. Or as long as what I'm doing steps me closer to be able to do what I want to do. So the business actually doesn't need to be millions of followers, mis- mm-hmm. millions of clients. I don't need to scale beyond belief. Mm-hmm. Perhaps my lifestyle will change, and I will. Right now, I don't. I need mm-hmm. thirty clients, and I'm very happy. Which is actually quite achievable. So, why should someone come to you for assistance when all the conventional methods haven't worked? So, what's a conventional method? Oh, weight plans, scales, like restriction, feeling backed into a corner, mm-hmm. all the shoulds. When my clients said it, it's like I'm always shooting on myself, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> like when you feel yourself constantly saying, "I should be doing this," "I should be doing that." Like being able to kind of break through that constraint, mm-hmm. being able to trust yourself. If you just don't feel like you will do everything anyone else says and like commit to everyone else but yourself, that's where my. I've got a little corkboard at home. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be, I was supposed to print photos and put photos up of like whatever vision board kind of thing. Mm-hmm. End up just got post it notes. And one of them is remove the word should mm-hmm. because. Shit is based off societal pressures yeah. and expectations. But I always thought about like, oh, you should go to university. You should do this. Exactly. But even, yeah, I should go for a run. It's like, why do you think you should? Mm-hmm. It's like there's obviously heaps of other factors. So if someone comes to you and goes, I've been going to the gym for years. I'm not losing weight. I know I should be eating more, but I can't be fucked. Mm-hmm. How do you address that? Why should you? Because I want to lose weight. Why do you want to lose weight? Because I'm overweight. Why overweight? Because I eat too much. And what does that make you think about yourself? I'm a fat bastard. Exactly. So that's what we've got to deal with, not with the run. So you got to deal with, is this the language that you speak of? Mm. Or the way that you look at yourself in the mirror. Or the way you look at yourself when you do or don't do something. So as soon as you grab for, like it's like when, like I kind of sometimes make it a point of buying something that's bad food. Mm. Why is it bad food? Yes, it has chemicals and process and it causes an insulin response, blah, 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 blah. But it's only, like, I think the more damaging effect is the impact it has on yourself in terms of, like, mentally. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think of yourself when you miss that run again? And I think that's the effect that hurts people the most. So how do we battle with that voice? Come, like, take it. Obviously, it depends how thick somebody is in it. Mm-hmm. But if you're constantly trying to meet somebody else's expectations or even these kind of like non-existent expectations that you've just kind of brought upon yourself, which is not a bad thing, I think, again, like what do you actually want? What is actually important to you? And then, okay, how would I want to see freedom? How would I want to see purpose? How do I want to see simplicity? Mm -hmm. And then look at all the actions you currently do. What is it about those things that either encourage or conflict those values and those things that are important to you. So maybe like April or May last year, I I will always describe myself as quite a adventurous, explorative person, you know, very curious. And I wasn't, uh, the last like adventurous thing I'd done was at high school. So I was like, wow, there's a massive mm. juxtaposition of like what I'm doing day to day versus what I've, 
would kind of consider myself as. Mm. So I was like, fuck it. And I'm going to do adventure racing. I'm going to do pedaling. Like I just started all these things because I was like, this is who I am. And then every time I'm on the water, there's always a moment where I was like, this is so cool. Like I'm so proud of myself to get myself here. So it's like the shooting is I should be in the gym six times a week. I should be doing this. I think it's you being disloyal and dishonoring yourself. So I think the step back that you have to take is like, okay, what does it look like to honor and stay loyal to myself? Okay, if we if we go back to that, I'm a fat bastard. I love to eat food. Mm-hmm. Um, if I just get a nutrition plan and the nutritionist says, look, you can have this, but just in moderation. Yeah. And I follow this plan, but I still get this. Fuck, I need to be going to the gym. I'm not losing weight. Mm-hmm. How can your absolute approach, your holistic approach, better help this person because their PT at the gym is not working because mm-hmm. they're eating shit. They go to a nutritionist and it's not really working because they need to do more things. Mm-hmm. What can you? How can you add value to their life? Before we go any further, I just want to say that like anyone um, that is dealing with issues like this, if it is like clinical, it's a step beyond me. Yeah, right. Like, um, you know, mental health, like clinical mental health and eating disorders and those sort of things, that's a step further that definitely needs a uh, different profession to look into it. Like that's when that specific role needs to take place in your life. Like at the moment, um, and I'm sure we'll get into it, is like at the moment I'm seeing a psychotherapist Mm -hmm. because my work doesn't kind of support the more like deeper work or or whatever in each branch. But um, in... If it's not working and you feel like you're doing all the right things, like I honestly believe, A, no one wants to grow up to be a fat bastard. Mm -hmm. So I think what are the true metrics, true metrics that you define as success? Is it being able to lift up your grandkids when you're 87? Is it being able to do the pinnacle walks Whatever. Like, mm-hmm. what are some really genuine... And don't give me this abs bullshit. Like, once you have visible abs, not much has actually opened up. Like, it doesn't change your life at all. And so I think there's just these, like, manufactured dreams yeah. that are horseshit. Um, so it's like, no, 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 no. You. What's important to you? And yeah. I think that's such an exciting fuel to be like, oh, if I can... I don't know, even ride a mountain bike to do this and that, or even ride a mountain bike. Like, that would be wicked. But at the moment, if your overweight nature doesn't allow you to ride the mountain bike, well, then that's an issue. So that's where you kind of play with the complex of fear versus pleasure or passion. And I don't think there's a wrong or a right version of which motivation you should use. Like, it terrifies me to think if I have to go back to a nine to five. So that's a really good motivation fuel for me. But it also excites me to think that for the rest of my life on a Wednesday afternoon I can go play tennis if I want to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What's this fear versus passion? So there's um, people are usually driven by fear or passion or pleasure. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's something that and lots of us are driven by fear. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Something similar about uh, a rat, how much force it goes when they waft cheese in front of it. Yes. And then when they waft the cat behind at the same time, it goes extra. Exactly. Extra force, yes, 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 yes. Which is why certain people are super driven because they 
they're good at something, they're great at it, but then they also fear the opposite and they fucking just go ham. Yeah. And I just, like, I'm a huge fan of balance. I'm not an extremist in any fashion. So, as I said, I don't think there's a wrong or right. Like, I don't, but I do think it's dangerous to only be driven by one. Mm -hmm. Like, I think if you're only driven by the excited shiny lights, well, then you don't know when you're in a bad place or you need to change. Mm. But if you're only driven by fear, like that's where I think a lot of people sit is they're only driven by like, oh my God, what if I put on five more kilos? And then you do and then you hate yourself, mm-hmm. you know, or what if I eat some of the jam custard donut <gasps> and then you do and you're like, I'm a horrible person. Um, so I think only being dri- by, driven by fear is risky. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a, there's a true balance that is magic when you find it. Like I'm chasing this but I also know that I don't want this for myself. So investing in yourself. Mm. You just mentioned you're doing psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. We take it in back notch. Mm. Business masterclass. Yeah. Investing a bit of money. Holy shit, yeah. Too much money. Not too much. <laughs> Never too much. But to yeah. go <laughs> to explain what is this masterclass? What was it? And yet why do you feel you could invest this amount of money into mm-hmm. yourself? The business masterclass. So at the point that I was approached, and it was actually quite cool, I kind of interacted. So it's a guy called Kerwin Ray. He's an Aussie. And um, he's kind of, yeah, business coach, business mentor, et cetera. And they, I had interacted with a bunch of things and then his team messaged me being like, hi, do you want to get involved with this? And I was like, another salesy thing. No. And then it kind of like planted the seed. And at that point I was – ticked over the two year mark, two and a half years. And I just saw a little bit of a plateau in my energy and my approach. And I was getting a bit lazy with things. And I was like, this is not how I want to run a business. And I don't see any um, growth or future in me continuing to function like this. And I jumped onto a call, a sales call with one of their guys. And he was like, so what do you want for yourself? And I was like, hey, I like this language. Like, this is what I talk Hmm. about. And like me and Hamish want to be on the road with his business and I want to be able to continue to coach my business and et cetera. And he's like, well, you're not going to be able to do that with 200 followers. And I was like, no, you're right. Like that won't support my income at all. So this business masterclass like looked at a lot, like I think it was five pillars or four pillars of business. And I was like, great. It gives me, cause I'm very good at the coaching, but I'm absolutely rubbish at everything else. Mm-hmm. So I want to build my potential in those areas. So I went there with a very, business tools focus and it was three days and it was in Sydney and I could have done it online and initially I was like I can't afford to go to freaking Sydney and then I was like fuck it if I'm gonna pay I think it was like two and a half grand or three grand if I'm gonna pay that I'm gonna go all in and Mm. I'm gonna absolutely smash it and there was an option to like get 50% off if you bring a friend and I was gonna try and like grab somebody to come along with me and I was kind of driven to do that from a financial aspect because I was like, then I can half the cost. But I'm so glad I went solo because it gave me total freedom to mm-hmm. act how I wanted to act and to follow my instinct of how I wanted to approach the weekend. So it was three days. The nature of it meant that you were like really sleep deprived. But I came out of it with an entire different perspective of how I want to function in the business. And it was a personal revolution for me, not just a business one. Because the nature of running a business by yourself, whatever's going on for you is going on for the business. Like Mm. if I show up to a session in whatever place, it's more than likely that my client's going to leave in that position, you know? So 
the health of me is the top priority for my business succeeding. And there was this, um, he synthesized or simulated a sales conversation on stage. So he had a father and son who ran the business together and he had a conversation with them of how he runs that first conversation, right? And he's like, audience, I just want you guys to just watch, take notes, just absorb what's going on. And I'm just going to act as if we're in a room by ourselves and I want you guys to do the same as in the father and son. And I was sitting there and I was laughing. I was like, fuck, this is good. Like the way he talked, what he was talking about, taking notes, blah, blah, blah. Every single time the son mentioned his wife who was about to have a child and the father, every time he mentioned the legacy he wanted to leave for his son, like even now I'm getting goosebumps. And like I broke down in the middle of the seminar and I, I had no idea why I was getting so emotional. Every time something personal was mentioned, I was like, that's so, like, oh, heartstrings. Mm. And I just jotted down what was on my mind because I couldn't put my thumb on it at the time. But I realized how I was acting at home and how I was running the business wasn't allowing me to be the best coach and the people that I was taking on were taking for granted how invested I am in them. Like it is, I don't think my clients realize how much I think about them. And like when something goes, not wrong, but when a client's not doing as well as I want or expect or hope for them to be doing, it's in my mind, it's not their fault. Like it's a team effort. I'm big on it's a team effort, but they are the team captain. So I just realized I needed to protect myself, but also make sure that the people I was taking on were worth how much I was willing to put into them. Um, And I just realized like how good of a job I want to do and I'm not willing to take on anyone that won't respect and Mm -hmm. take it full full force, you know? So how did your trajectory change? I... um, so I, I noticed you noticed it the other, uh, just before my chalkboard over mm. there. It says how I do one thing how I do everything. And there's lots of different ways to say that. But I wanted to be this big high performer that stayed so consistent and did this and the other every day for my business. But I wasn't doing that for my body. I wasn't doing that for my mind. I wasn't doing that, you know, just daily function. There was a lot of, yeah, should we, right? Yeah, I'll just do this and the other. Mm. Da, da, da. I haven't not done something for my body or my mind every day since getting back from Australia. Every single day I've woken up and done something movement-based and I've sat and journaled and I've breathed, every, like, obviously, done intentional yeah, breathing yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> every day um, because that energy, that expectation and the standard that I hold myself to rubs off on the clients. Mm. So it's, th- it's a bit of brutality, but that's the fear for me. I'm like, fuck, imagine if I turn into that person that, I should be right if I have to put the business under or whatever. Like, no, I refuse to accept that. If it's right for me, but I'd never want to be forced into that position because of my energy. So are you who you are when nobody's watching? Even more so. And that was a huge thing. So I spent five days over there. The first three were the seminar and the two last two days were total freedom to kind of like just soak up everything that had happened. So glad I went there. I was so glad I did it like that. And I went to a gym um, the next day and was working out and it was like a group circuit, almost CrossFit but not CrossFit class. And I was in a like pod and there was two other guys and they were pretty fit and I'm 
very fit. So I was like, I'm going to try to keep up. And they were skiing. And I don't know, up until now, I work hardest when someone's watching, especially mm-hmm. like, especially people I respect. If, if I know they're counting, I'm going to go for it. And I was on this ski erg and I was like, I don't know what I was splitting, but I was like, I can out ski erg them. And I'm like, they're going to know. And I was like, fuck that. No, they're not. I'm going to know though. And mm-hmm. that hurts more. If I like on round one did this many and then round three did less than that, I know that I could have done better. Mm-hmm. And so I just refuse to accept anything less than what I know I'm capable of. And that's the change of like, and I say it to sometimes my PT clients. It's like they do one round in a minute seven, let's say. And I'm like, great. I know your body's capable of doing it in a minute seven. And they're like, fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, great. Let's get a negative split. 106. Come on, let's yeah. go. And like just that. And it's not even expectation. It's pride in yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the shift for me of realizing how capable and like how much potential I had and how much power I had when I'm 100% myself and how willing I was to kind of prove that to myself as well. It's hard to fill other people's cups with an empty cup. Yeah. Right. So you got to f- overflow your cup mm-hmm. for other people. Yeah. Other people's cups with the overflow of your own cup. Mm-hmm. And that's when we work best yeah. as humans. Yeah. And that's what I mean like at the beginning when I was saying doing things that mean something to you kind of double down and tenfold your energy. Mm-hmm. And it's like when I've done things prior to coaching for myself – I'm so proud of who I am and how I hold myself. Then, then that kind of leaches or leaks onto the next client that I'm working with. And like um, this week's kind of been like, yeah, a big week, but there was two days that I actually slept through my alarm completely and I let emotion drive my action. I'm all for emotion driving action out of the moment, but in the moment you never want to do the hard thing. So it's like, I know this is good for me, so I'm going to fucking do it because that's my standard. There's been two days this week for some whatever reason I've slept through and there's a friend and he was like, oh, that's good for you. I'm glad you got to sleep in. And I'm like, no, that's mm-hmm. my standard. Like I expect more for myself and I know I'm capable of more. So yes, so, sleep's good for you. But Yeah, yeah. so on that then, are, mm. you, are you mad at yourself? I'm not mad. No, I don't think mad or anger are helpful emotions. Because sometimes you need to take this softer approach and sometimes you need to listen to your body. Mm. As opposed to your brain. Mm-hmm. I think it's when it's threatening my capability. Like, that's my biggest... Did, um, it, did it threaten your capability? Yeah. Of like, what if I'm right? Oh, sorry. What if I'm wrong? You're like, I know I'm powerful. I know I'm capable. I know I'm strong. I know I'm driven. Yeah. And then those actions threaten the evidence of like, what if I'm not? And that's the scariest thing for me. Okay. Uh, just playing devil's advocate. No, no, no. 100%. Who and cares? Me. And that's, I think, I was actually, like, at my mentally Ill, illest pre-July. Yeah, so is, it, is that a negative? Mm. I'm just feeling that, fuck, I don't know no, shit. But I love it. That's a negative thing to be hating on yourself because you needed to sleep and you slept in. Mm. Like, isn't that a sign to you saying that maybe you are going too hard on yourself? It's because there's always those things, like the hardest thing to fucking go for around is putting those shoes on in the morning. Mm. But yeah, you'd be doing it for like two, three years. Mm. And all of a sudden, there's these two days where you've just felt absolute shit. Mm. Then isn't that like a, a red flag in a sense that 
something else is going wrong. Yeah. And then you know you're attacking yourself and you lazy bitch, get the fuck out of bed. <laughs> yeah. But then this red light over in the fucking connection department still flashing and you're not addressing that. Yeah. I think I don't uh like I'm not that cruel or yeah, shameful to myself mm-hmm. in the moment. So like I'm very accepting of like, oh I slipped through. Okay, hot damn. Like I would have liked to do it differently. Mm-hmm. Um but like on both of those days, like I still did something for my body physically. And it was like when I was training in the afternoon, I was like, there's a reason why I don't want this for myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to do it because that's my standard. Um, but I know that I want to be moving in the morning. Like I know that that's something that I desire and that I believe in and that I'm going to commit to. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, I am a very kind person to myself. I haven't always been, that's for sure. Um, but I think nowadays, yeah, it's a lot more accepting and tolerant and fine with that like and as I said like I'm okay to be driven by that emotion of like man red flags like I'm so tired Mm. but I'll still get up but I might do a walk instead or I might just spin for half an hour instead or just Mm. do yoga or whatever so yeah so another part of this is yeah like I said investing in yourself Mm. I find it funny like even I do it myself is say putting money into good things positive things but then you go like say for instance buy a box of alcohol and it's so expensive when you're like Complaining about the cost of avocado or something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but as soon as I was on the other day, we were talking about meditation, how meditation is good for you, and like, you should just. I started when I did it, just getting the car map. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's too expensive. It's like mm. eighty bucks a year or something. So like, oh, I don't have eighty bucks. Mm. And then if you break it down, eighty bucks a year—that's only a dollar fifty a week. It's so crazy. Yeah. It's so cheap when you put it into comparison. Mm. But why do you think that? Investing in yourself is a good thing to do. Uh, for example, investing in yourself to get a coach like yourself. Yeah. To better impact them. Mm-hmm. I think it enables and it opens doors. So I think time and money are both currencies in some fashion. And the way you spend your time and the way you spend your money show you and show everyone else what you prioritize. As you say, if you're like furious at how expensive food is, but then you go buy drugs and alcohol every weekend – I was like, so money's not the constraint. You're just pinning the excuse on that. Then that's one thing. But investing, as I said, a coach isn't the be all and end all, but it does give you opportunity to be able to understand yourself better. So like on the cycle, like the health equilibrium that I use, it's you go through like what you need physiologically. You need sleep. You need movement. You need food. You need space, et cetera. Yeah. You need the branches. And then you kind of experiment with those things and then you figure out what you really want. So I want to be well-fueled. Okay, so that um, educates my choices. If I want to be really re- well-fueled, okay, I've got to talk to a nutritionist if I don't understand nutrition myself. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand these branches and elements of health, then investing in a coach can like – They've done all the learning for you. Mm. Like the cost is not for the one-on-one time. The cost is so you don't have to go into a degree yourself or you don't have to kind of troubleshoot everything from the beginning. Like they can answer questions quicker and give you like open the doors to like, right, now I know this, so now I can act on this. And now like it catalyzes the learning cycle of it, if that makes sense. It's just like if we take kind of the gym, for instance. I only use the gym because it's very familiar, but also everyone understands it. Mm. If you're trying to get really strong, let's say you're trying to like 
PB your back squat and you're starting from zero um, or like zero coaching, you could trial and error with injuries and growth and like improvement. Be like, oh, that worked well for me. Oh, but I got injured doing that. I'm going to fix this. Ooh, it's died. Um, sorry, but I, yeah, I could do it that way or I could get a coach to video and watch my form and, you know, troubleshoot all those issues mm-hmm. in an hour session. So again, like usually money buys you time. So again, what do you prioritize? Do you prioritize your time? Do you prioritize your learning? Do you, it's a question mm. you have to ask yourself. Yeah, it's very valid. What do you think about like learning on YouTube and stuff? I think it's great. I think it's awesome. And that's where I think social media is not a devil. Yes, everyone hates it because it's addictive mm. and it wastes their time. Again, that just shows me what your priorities are. Um, I think YouTube's awesome. But I think it's risky when like the algorithm knows you and they send you specific things. Like mm. let's take the – I don't know much about them, but the American elections – as soon as they saw you taking part in certain content, suddenly you were getting all this biased Everything. political. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you only saw one side of the pancake. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, right, let's, again, back to a gym um, analogy. It's like, right, so should I be squatting with my knees over my toes or behind my toes? Look at both sides of the pancake mm-hmm. and make a decision. What feels better for you? And your position may start in one, or like your opinion may start on one side of the field and you might change over time. And mm. that's great. You don't have to be right. <laughs> so your latest turning point, mm. current period. Mm-hmm. It's a space, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's same thing. Like, okay, I probably people have guessed or you might have guessed from the amount that I or the speed at which I talk, like my brain works fast. And my same with my journaling. I describe my mind as like a pinball machine. Mm-hmm with like 200 pimples in it and they're all like ricocheting, just going crazy. Mm-hmm. And I have struggled from day one of uh, being able to tame and manage and thrive with that headspace. I think it's an amazing headspace because when I'm like in the gym coaching and I've got a class of 25, just fucking mental, I know what the music's doing. I know who's lifting. I know what timing, like I have the capacity to yeah, like yeah, be able yeah, to do yeah. it all. I'm so good at no, <laughs> but, but that allows like it's a superpower. Yeah, but it has been really hard since like New Year's was a turning point. It was yeah, like a significant moment for me, um, because it just all oh, combusted a little bit. Like huge breakdown, huge anxiety, massive like panic attacks. Was that significant New Year's because it was like everyone makes new goals and shit, or? Well, no, I just think it was the day. Like, I just think what, like, overwhelming. Yeah, and I can only remember like it was New Year's because it was New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like the energy that built up to New Year's Eve was significant too. Like, I noticed that there was something coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't give myself opportunity to look at it with a magnifying glass. Like, life was going too fast, and. I didn't want to accept that or I can like notice things and didn't mm. like read the flag or be like, oh, what's that? No, I was just like, oh, she'll be right. Moving on. And like essentially at the moment, and I'm seeing a psychotherapist only because I don't know the answers at the moment. Yeah. And usually like Toronga, like when I had a big meltdown, anxiety attack, whatever you want to call it, I was like, right, I know what's I know what's triggered this. I know what this 
um, moment is representing. Okay, I'm going to action that. And I felt amazing after actioning that. But right now I'm clueless. Like it's not clueless. I've got a little bit more understanding now. But like since New Year's perhaps had like an anxiety attack between like two to five times a week over who knows what. It just comes over me and I'm like, oh, I don't even know what triggered this one. So, so what does an anxiety attack look like for you? It's as I, like it starts head heavy. So there's like 5,000 thoughts whizzing around. I don't know which one to grab. Mm-hmm. And like one of them will really like kick me in the gut. And then that just, you know, heart goes, tears go, hyperventilating goes. Mm-hmm. If I'm alone, I'll probably like scream a little bit, like wail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm not shy to cry. So I do like completely express that emotion. Um, but like overwhelming is an understatement. Yeah. So then how do you – no, um, what have you learned so far? Mm, so I've only had one session with this guy and he's awesome. And I'm glad I've got that space and I'm glad, again, investing that money in him because – that's the hardest thing with like the mental health world is it is expensive. And if yeah. you don't click with the person, you've just shed out like shy of 200 bucks for somebody you don't even connect mm-hmm. with. And that connection is crucial for the progress of it. I'm very lucky that I first tried clicked with this guy. Um, so like for me, if I know what I'm kind of landing on, I can build on it and I'm like, right. This is happening because of this. So far, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fear of what if it was my fault, and fill the gap of what that fear and fault was. You know, so I build up a lot of social anxiety, mm-hmm. and like when a conversation gets awkward, I'm like, it's my fault. I'm not interesting enough. I don't have enough life experience. Blah, 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 blah. And I freak out. And I like try and find weird topics to fill the space. <laughs> Same mm. with silence. Like I yeah. read silence as they don't like you. And I think that fear of like it's my fault that this is going badly. Mm-hmm. Like it's that tribal response of they're going to leave. And that scares the shit out of me. And I'm still like I don't know. I kind of have a bit of a sense. But why that is so powerful and why that has such a hold on me right now. Why now as well? Because things are like going well. Is it like a fear of abandonment? I think so. Like my dad like left our family when I was six. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's the childhood. It is. And it's something, um, it is. And it's something that again, like I've noticed, but I haven't acknowledged. It's kind of interesting because you talk about, Get into this area where you can be unique in yourself mm-hmm. and act goofy, energetic, be full on yeah. and not be judged. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about filling your own cup, learning to do your thing first before anybody else, mm. before helping other people. But then your anxiety comes from thinking about what other people think about you. Yeah. And... Like Is I've, it always going into social setting that you get the anxiety? So right now, like the acute moments, like what's triggering it is things that make me like directly anxious. Um, so for example, like if I'm coaching a class, like group session, mm. 
from minute zero to minute 60, I'm good because I know what I'm doing. I'm mm. super confident. Like anxiety and confident, are, that's the scale for me. So I'm super confident from minute zero to 60. And then it's the time either side of the class that I'm like, <clears throat> so I think those moments are the little moments that are sending me over the edge. But I think the kind of foundation reason is that kind of abandonment So what, what do you think has changed from 22-year-old bigger mm. to 25-year-old bigger? I'm less willing to distract myself. But is it because you've put yourself on, say, this kind of pedestal that this is where you want to be, mm. that if you fail, you're going to lose all that? Like a doubt. Are you doubting yourself now? I but think before you're still climbing, now you're kind of up here and you're like, yeah. oh shit, people expect me to be like this. Uh, possibly. I don't, I'm, as I said, like people, other people's expectations don't bother me that much. Mm. It is more my expectations on myself mm. of like what I want to achieve and what I'm capable of. Um, and obviously... What are you capable of before and after class? I know. Exactly. Just being that smiley person, that super... <laughs> where actually I'm just one I will sit down and just on the floor because <laughs> I'm tired. Um, because I put so much into the classes. I think... Mm, yes, your own expectations or my own expectations can get in my way. But I think before, like the business, again, it's such representation of me. So if a client cancels the entire program, I take it personally. Because yeah. they left, right? Mm. Like it's endorsing the thing that I'm scared of the most. Yeah. Vice versa, the highs are so high because when they do well, yeah, you missed it. it's such a rush. What is the biggest stone in your shoe at the moment? It is the doubt. But as I said, like I distract myself so much from the doubt. Like I try and rack up as much evidence as possible so that I don't have any doubt. Mm. Whereas like I think um, like that fear versus pleasure complex is if we think of the middle ground as zero and like the fear you're in like a deficit and you're trying to reach zero and for the pleasure you're starting at zero, you're like, I love myself, I'm incredible, nothing can affect me. And then you shoot from there mm. versus like, if I do this, then I'll love myself and if, you know, et cetera. And I think, you know, nine times out of 10 and I feel the most incredible and the most calm and settled when I start at zero and shoot for, like shoot from love essentially mm. versus, you know, when I get the most anxious, I'm like my – vision of myself rides on this outcome. Mm. Yeah. Do you think this whole experience is going to better equip you to be the best version of yourself in terms of coaching? Yeah, absolutely. Because it opens... Um, it goes back to that, I'm um, thinking you're young, what gives you the right, yeah. and then you go through phases like this, which gives you more evidence. Yeah, exactly. More life experience. It exposes me to more perspectives too. Mm. Of like, like, I've always, I think I've always ha had... Or like dealt with anxiety, but always managed it in a way that has worked. And now to go through this intensive area or space, which to be fair is not actually that long of a time. I'm just a very action person. Like if it's not working, I'm like, right, what are we going to do about it? <laughs> like let's yeah. yeah, like let's not just like wallow in the in the pain. <laughs> um, is there anything you'd like to add on your journey so far before we wrap it up? I think it's so interesting. Like we said before, but like this conversation, because it's been something that I'm confident about because it's about me, like I know everything about 
me kind of to an extent um like there's no anxiety present so I'm kind of interested it just highlights again for me I'm interested about situations that I do feel anxious and what is it that I'm not confident about or what is it that's causing me doubt and I always think like difficult situations are good for you Mm. too difficult and they break you right like it's kind of that flow space of like just enough challenge with just enough ability build from there um and so it's kind of it's cool because you've brought in like really great perspectives that I'm like fuck what if this is a whatever you know a different Mm -hmm. side to the pancake which I love so I appreciate that energy a lot so good (laughs) thoroughly enjoyed it I think language is a big part that I've picked up it's interesting once you start to notice it yeah like the shoulds shooting shooting <laughs> i should do x y and z yeah what is some advice for your younger self um it depends which younger self i'm talking to i think becca that like just started the business i think it's like a belief in yourself aspect mm-hmm. um okay i'm like a massive Broadway like musical I love that music and there's this there's Matilda and there's a song and she says um no one else is going to change my story Mm. and I love that line because you've got the pen to your own story exactly and I think like Becca that just started the business was like oh I'm at the mercy of who buys my services yeah because you need money to function exactly right Mm. um whereas like yeah I would kind of just like throw that song at younger Becca that just started the business. It's like, you have the power. Like it's not in the audience's um, yeah, world. Like the ball's in your court 100%. Every, I'm very like fascinated with myself about how I respond to those sorts of questions. Like what would you change about the past? Blah, blah, blah. Nothing ever. Mm. I just think the moments that, it's the doubt moments. I'm like, you had no reason to doubt. The world keeps spinning. Everyone's fine. <laughs> sun will come up tomorrow. The sun will come up. Like, and that's something that workouts teach me. It's like, oh, whatever happens, the time keeps ticking. Yeah. So it's like, you choose what you're going to achieve in that time. Mm. It's like, does this need to be rest and restore kind of workout? Or does this want to be like, show who's boss kind of workout? It's like, fill that time with the energy. And that's the word that I'm taking into this year is honesty is last year was action and I nailed it but this year's honesty and like sometimes you want to show who's boss to yourself yeah but sometimes you're like so it's honesty is to yourself yeah yeah I suppose it's growing more awareness mm-hmm. exactly even more because I need more obviously yeah. <laughs> yeah I think your mind kind of works similar to mine especially like being observant like even you just been seeing my eyes drag over there kind of thing like mm-hmm. very observant of things which in a class situation, like you're saying, you know the music, you know the fans on, when you need to talk, so you need to turn it off, you know mm. who's lifting what, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But in that sense, do you ever rest? Do you ever shut off? Do you meditate? I know you just mentioned paddling. That's a situation where I call active meditation for your yes. mind. Yeah. Is that you, active? Interesting. Like in this last couple of weeks, I've wondered whether, so like at the moment, it sounds like I do a triathlon, I don't. But I do cycle, swim, run, paddle, mm-hmm. and 
do a quilt. Um, and it's all time that I have to be 100% focused on the thing. Because mm-hmm. if I don't, I fall out of the boat or, <laughs> or whatever. And so I would consider that as active meditation because you can't can, you can't think about everything. But there's a part of me right now that is questioning whether I'm just distracting myself from the things that hurt. So like I said it I said it to my psych the other day. I was like, I'm too scared to look at the past. Um it hurts too much to think about now, so I'm just gonna think about oh the next stroke, the next you know. Yeah. Um even it even if it is like this like an in the moment thing and skill. So I'm more and more curious to sit. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a guided meditation mm. or whatever. Um, but I'm more curious to sit and just let Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, it's interesting. I sometimes wonder if I just because I'm running, get yeah. into running. It's like, am I just running away from my problems? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. Just... But I wonder, like, do you run with headphones? Um, I never used to until I did the uh, thirty half marathons in thirty days. Yeah. And that was like after the first one, I was like, "Fuck, I'm going to be wasting my time." So I started then. Mm. But otherwise, no, nah, I I don't. Um, like ran five hours in the bush the other week. No headphones, mm-hmm. but that was a point where you can go mind blank. Yeah, and I'm now I'm learning to try and process some thoughts. Yeah, whilst running, mm-hmm. you know, um, as opposed to just running away. But that's a situation running. You don't have to think. You don't have to concentrate. Mm. Uh, bush, you do. You fucking don't trip try, over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like paddling, you don't. Um, quilt, you kind of have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. So that's a period now where I'm trying to focus on. Yeah, when a thought comes in. Mm. Digging a little bit deeper. I just wonder, like, sometimes with headphones specifically, and, like, when I'm quilting, I would watch, like, a series Mm -hmm. or watch a podcast or something like that. Um, And I – because it was too, like, overwhelming not to. And same with running. Oh, no, actually, I don't do it with running. I always go headphones out. But when I wake up and I've got half an hour to get ready and let's say Hamish isn't here, I'll put on music. Mm. And I'm like – and I – need to put on music like I'm so urgent to do it and I'm like why do I need the noise yeah and I think sometimes like that's the interesting thing if I need the distraction so here's another one I did a mindfulness meditation well-being course yeah cool last year whatever but I basically stopped meditating after that really weird but when turning up I'd be listening to the guy and then I start thinking about certain things like why does he look around like the way he does? You know, why is he talking the way he does? Blah, 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 blah. And then I realized I'm going to take a pen to, to the thing. So you see me here, I'd fucking spinning my pen doing everything because yeah. I think there's music at the same time as I distract a part of my brain because it works so fast. Yeah. So I take out half the notch so then I can focus. Mm-hmm. And I think there's music to me. Like it takes out an aspect of my brain so I can focus. Well, it's like stimulants, right? Mm. Like I've always believed that we're in an overstimulated world, but we're understimulating our bodies. Like our mind mm-hmm. are hyper and our bodies are hypo. I think that's the right way, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so like the other night I went out to a string quartet concert with my mum, and I noticed that I enjoyed the music more when I had my eyes closed. And it was like a visual experience, like there was candlelights and blah, blah, But I got so distracted by other people or by the stage setup or what he's doing, you know. It's when you go to park your car, you turn your volume down. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm like, there's too much. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, this kind of alludes to like the ADHD culture right now. Like it's everywhere. Yeah. I'm a bit um, 
So? Like, what are you going to do? I did an online course, uh, course test for ADHD the other day. Yeah. I'm all good. But you're I was clear. worried. You're in the clear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's like a free one online. <laughs> but I, I just had to test it. But I find that people... So, you like, yeah. So, okay. Let's say it came out as, yes, you've got ADHD. Go talk to a doctor ASAP. Does that mean you're going to stop and sit and not do anything and not function because you've got it? Nah. I think for me, that'll be just knowledge on, okay, this is what I think. Like, hmm. like exactly. It can inform you and educate you, but I hmm. think that so often people kind of hide behind. Slap a prescription on you. Yeah. Here's an, here's an excuse. Exactly. Of like, I can't, do, I can't be in these situations because I've got this. Mm. Okay, it's difficult. Sure. But like, is that going to stop you doing mm. what you're going to do forever? What would you like to hear from your older self? <gasps> okay, I've got this vision of myself. I don't know why. She's in the kitchen. It's an amazing kitchen. Kids are running around. She is boss. Boss Becca. Um... She is so relaxed. And, like, I am a relaxed person even though my energy is, like, all over the show. And I think that's the reminder of, like, the world keeps spinning. Like, enjoy what you're doing. Because I'm, like, although I'm shooting for this vision of, like, this is going to be so cool when we achieve it, I'm also very invested in, like, make sure day-to-day you have Mm. the time of your life so that if something happens to you, whether – Whatever, whatever. You either die out of no reason or your life changes because of whatever event. You're still proud of the energy and person you are. And that's what, like, I think a lot of people, like, I don't have visible abs. And how are you going to live your life differently when you do? Like, won't you be so sad about all the time lost that you let whatever get in your way of achieving that? The shit diet. Yeah. And it's like, just... Relax and just go enjoy the next thing. So you'd like to hear from her to just relax and enjoy it. Mm, as I said, I'm so living forward. I'm like, right, what am I book next? When am I going to do this? What's going to happen tomorrow? Da, 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 da. It's like, <sighs> I get to talk to this person. And I'm doing, you know, I'm just sitting mm. here and enjoying space. And I think it's easy to get caught up because I'm running a business and I want to do this. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It's easy to get caught up in you the you got to be present. Huh? Mm. Smell the roses. Oh, yeah. What does the next chapter look like for you? The next chapter. So me and Hamish, like, his business demands us to go to America at some point. Mm. And so it's going to be a lot of remote working. It's going to be managing and figuring out how we want that life to function. And so, again, it's going to be, like, little by little, one step at a time, what's right for us, what's right for each other individually. It's exciting. It's a lot of honesty. And that's why I think like that honesty is really important for me this year. So I'm very excited, yeah. Finish with a quote or words of wisdom for our listeners. Did I ask you for that? I think so. I think I thought about it, but I forgot about it. (laughs) No, you did. I think there's like, there's no other version of you. You're the best version. You know, we don't need any other average. Mm Mm-hmm. Dot, dot, dot. But, like, the best version of you is the best version of you. I think it's hard in this day and age, though. My quote actually resonates with yours. Mm. It's funny how things work sometimes. (laughs) But not everybody will understand your journey, but that's okay. It's yours, not theirs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's, like, honestly, like, I love that so much. 
because I think a lot of the anxiety initially started with like, no one understands me, no one gets me. And I was like, they don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm running an ultra and they're like, why? Is, oh, I don't know. Because I can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't care about you. That's what I want to do. Exactly. I no, thank that. you so much for that. I've just looked at the clock. Anyone that's still hanging around at this point, uh, I'm so impressed. <laughs> no, nah, I really love these. Uh, thank you again for reaching out. Thank you, Mason. And asking to jump on. Mm-hmm. Um, I love doing this. It fills my cup. I love that. So overflowing. I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you so much. Um, stay tuned for more, everybody. Catch you next time. And that's a wrap for the week, team. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I did. To stay up to date with the podcast, click the follow button, but you can also find more on the Instagram account, Relatable Chapters. Cheers.